Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to History of College Football Podcast. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the college football history of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This program is the birthplace of college football, as it is home to the sports of origin, having hosted Princeton in the first game on November 6, 1869. Two stunning wins, one near-perfect season, one perfect season with no bowl invitation, one player who could do it all, both in and out of football, one longtime rival, no more, the first ever college football game, and of course, one Scarlet Knight. First season, 1869. We will discuss the first game in the history of college football later in our podcast in the hullabaloo section. National Championship, zero. Heisman Trophy winner, zero. Best coach, Frank Burns, 1973-1983. to 78 wins, 43 losses, and one tie. And won 64.3% of his games. In a four-year stretch from 1975 to 1978, Coach Burns won eight or more games every year, nine games twice, and had a perfect season once as his 1976 team ran the table 11-0. We will discuss this team as well later in the podcast. He was the first coach to lead the Scarlet Knights to a bowl, a 34-18 loss to Arizona State in the 1978 Garden State Bowl. But attention must be paid to three other coaches. Coach George Sandy Sanford, 1913-1933, 56 wins, 32 losses, and 5 ties, and won 62.9% of his games. Coach Sanford's Queensmen, as they were called back then, posted three seven-win-one-loss seasons. He was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. And then there was Coach Harvey J. Harmon, 1938-1941 and 1946-1955. to 1955. 74 wins, 44 losses, and two ties, and won 62.5% of his games. Coach Harmon's first eight teams never lost more than three games in a season, and in that stretch, he compiled 54 wins, 15 losses, and one tie. In 1940 and 1941, his team shut out eight opponents, four in each season. And then there was also Greg Schiano, 2001 to 2011 and 2020. At the time of this podcast, he had 71 wins, 73 losses, and won 49.3% of his games. In a four-year stretch, Coach Schiano's version of the Scarlet Knights posted eight or more wins four times. His 2006 team went 11-2. and two. Most stunning win. Rutgers 28, Penn State 16, September 24, 1988. Rutgers entered the game 1-1, one one, Penn State was 2-0. Rutgers had lost 12 straight games to Penn State and had not beaten the Nittany Lions since 1918. That is 70 years, if you're keeping track. In Happy Valley, in front of over 85,000 fans, Rutgers jumped to a 21-10 lead and never relinquished it. With 53 seconds remaining, Rutgers' defense had to survive a first and goal stopping the Nittley Lions on four downs at the game's end. But attention must be paid to one other game. Rutgers 13, Tennessee 7, November 3, 1979. 
Rutgers entered the game 4-2, and, and Tennessee was also 4-2, and two, but number 16 in the nation, and a 21-point favorite. In front of over 84,000 at Neyland Stadium, Tennessee jumped out to a 7-0 lead, but by halftime, the score was tied 7-7. In the second half, Rutgers head coach Frank Burns chose to run the ball to grind out the clock. Two field goals later, Rutgers staged the implausible upset. Most stunning loss, Princeton 10, Rutgers 0, October 2, 1915. Princeton's perfect season was ruined by its rival, the Rutgers-Queensmen, again, that's what they were called back then, only loss that season was to Princeton, and it was in the second game of the season, as the Scarlet's Knights finished 7-1. That season, except for that game, Rutgers was dominant. They outscored their opponents 351-33. Princeton went on to a modest 6-2 record. Best team. Now, the 2006 Rutgers Scarlet Knights were 11-2. Coach Chiano's version of the Scarlet Knights won the first nine games of the season, finished the season number sixth in the nation. They were 22nd in scoring points per game, 29.8, and 8th in defensive points per game, 14.3. They defeated Kansas State in the Texas Bowl, 37-10. But we give the nod to the 1976 Rutgers Scarlet Knights, 11-0. Coach Frank Burns' version of the Scarlet Knights ran the table. The defense shut out four teams, and only two teams scored 20-plus points. The defense led the nation in yards per game, allowing only 179.2, rushing yards per game, allowing 83.9 yards, and tied for the nation's lead in scoring defense, allowing 7.4 points per game. No team got within a touchdown of the Scarlet Knights. Rutgers finished number 17 in the AP poll. They were not invited to a bowl game. Best player. Paul Robeson, 1915-1918. Paul Robeson could do it all, both in and out of football. As far as football is concerned, how dominating was Paul Robeson? He led Rutgers to a 22-6-3 record during his tenure. During that stretch, Rutgers outscored opponents 941-191. Paul Robeson was a two-time All-American. Legendary coach Walter Camp called Paul Robeson the greatest and to ever trod the gridiron. Robeson's father was a slave. Robeson went on to become a lawyer and an actor. His rendition of Old Man River has never been duplicated. Rival Longtime rival Princeton Tigers. Princeton owns the series. Rutgers lost 53 games, won 17, and there was one tie. Of the 17 wins was the first game, which we will discuss in our next segment, and the 100th meeting between the two schools. The teams last met in 1980. Hullabaloo, the birth of college football. The first football game in the history of college football occurred on November 6, 1869, when Rutgers defeated Princeton 6-4 in New Brunswick, New Jersey. What did this game look like? Well, first off, Princeton and Rutgers are 20 miles apart, and Princeton's baseball team had defeated Rutgers 40-2 three years earlier. Rutgers student William J. Leggett wrote a letter to Princeton, issuing a challenge for retribution for that loss. Leggett suggested a series, a three-game series, of a new sport called football. Princeton student William S. Gunmere accepted. So, William J. Leggett captained the Rutgers team. William S. Gunmere captained Princeton. Now, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, on November 6, 1869, in front of roughly 100 spectators, college football was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. The field is currently a parking lot behind the College Avenue Gymnasium on the campus of Rutgers. There were 25 players on each team, and they played with a soccer ball. The rules dictated no passing, no running. Players were allowed to kick it or hit it to get it over the goal line, which was located 100 yards away from the other goal line. Rutgers was smaller, quicker, 
Princeton was larger, more hostile. Each score, which was one point, was awarded when the ball was kicked over the opponent's goal line. Rutgers got the ball first. Now, yardage was earned with short kicks and batting the ball that occurred usually behind an interference of players who ran into each other, yelling and screaming. Rutgers scores first, Princeton ties the game, Rutgers goes up 4-2, and Princeton ties it again. Then Rutgers scores two more goals. Final score, Rutgers 6, Princeton 4. The game lasted over five hours. Mascot, Henry the Skull at night. Thank you for listening to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode. (laughs) 